Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Episode of Purple Insider, Matthew Collar here, and I am joined from literally in England, Jonathan Harrison, a producer here on Purple Insider. Jonathan, uh, how did you enjoy your travel? How do you feel? What time is it there? What's happening? Uh, it's 7.30. I'm a little tired, but uh, I am amped after coming back from a tour of Old Trafford, Manchester United Stadium. So it was awesome. So do you feel like you could play a football game on Sunday. <laughs> no, God, no. I am so behind on sleep. It is, it is, it, it's not funny right now. Well, I think that the Vikings had a little more process involved and maybe a smoother flight than you had. Uh, um, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if you went for like a whole private plane for yourself, but I'm guessing the answer no. is no. And something was brought up about blue lights. I have no idea, but uh, the Vikings process may be a little better than yours. Uh, but I, I wanted to talk to you for this episode about just your trip, what you're doing over there, what you think of this whole thing. Uh, and then on Sunday, you're going to be covering the game for Purple Insider. Then we could talk yeah. hardcore, what you saw at the game, what went on and everything else. Um, but I will mention that it does look like Andy Dalton is going to be the starting quarterback. Jameis Winston is listed as doubtful for the game. And Peter Carline uh, is going to check in with us as well. He was at Vikings practice today and talked with Kevin O'Connell. Delvin Cook, good to go. Harrison Smith, good to go. And uh, questionable on Zadarius Smith. And I'll just bring up one more to watch. Marcus May is a safety for the Saints. Not a big name, but he's way better than their backup, PJ Williams. And uh, I also saw people tweeting that Wyatt Davis might play. That's not going to happen. Uh, Wyatt Davis, <laughs> it was never going to happen, but uh, he's listed on some depth chart as the backup guard, but it's, uh, you'll like this, Jonathan, uh, Kelvin Throckmorton. I'm not making that up. The that guy's is a name British is- name. Yes, the guy's name is Kelvin Throckmorton. He was um, starting for them a lot last year. He came in for Andrus Pete. So if you've seen on the internet that Wyatt Davis is going to start, that's not the case. Anyway, so uh, you Manchester United Stadium is what you went and saw. So tell me about yes. that. So it's the biggest club football stadium in all of England. Wembley's bigger, but they uh, specify it, at least Manchester United does as that Wembley was made for other sporting events. So they claim to be the biggest uh, football stadium in the country. And it's it's historic. It's been around since the early 1900s. The team's historic. Uh, the trophy case at their museum is literally four walls, and it's amazing. Just stocked full of trophies from every single era of the club. And the, the tour was everything that you expected it to be. You just get to go in, sit in the different stands, go, go in the player locker room, uh, see all these historic places inside the stadium. It was awesome. 
Yeah, I, I think um, are they not like the most successful team like ever in pro sports or something uh, like that? Behind Real Madrid, I believe, yes. Uh, but they are the most successful British uh, soccer team uh, in the country. Liverpool is catching up to them, but they have overtaken them over the past couple of years. So I have never been to such a, an and historic uh, stadium. I went to Fenway Park. That's probably the closest that I've gotten. When I yeah. visited Yankee Stadium, it was already the new Yankee Stadium, and it didn't have any feel right. of the old one, right? Uh, so I guess th- that would be my question: is like, what was it like? I mean, what what is it? Uh, what does it look like? What's different from like NFL stadiums and things like that? Uh, you can definitely tell it's been around since the early 1900s. The concourses are smaller. The aisles to the seats are smaller. Everything's just smaller because everything just has was built in a different time frame. So it's it seats, I believe, 75,000 or something like that. But it doesn't look like it fits that in the concourses. It looks very tiny and cramped if, that were, if there were that many people. The turnstiles... Uh, I'm a bigger guy. I will admit that I would have to turn sideways to get through the turnstiles. They are so rail thin. It's some of the stuff you can tell is very antiquated, very old because the Glazers who own the club and own the stadium haven't really done anything since buying the club 15 years ago. That's a whole different story, but yeah, it's, it's a very old stadium that looks it. It feels it. It feels every bit as old as it is. And that's, that's part of the mystique about it. It's called, it's nicknamed the theater of dreams because there's been, magical moments that have happened there for Manchester United over the decades. And so, yeah, it, it feels like a historic stadium that a lot of magic and a lot of cool things, historic moments have happened at. Now, if people don't know from uh, listening to our old show, when you were the producer, uh, you are a soccer guy. You are on the broadcast for the Minnesota United. Um, tell me what this means to you to go, because to me, as a uh, non-soccer watcher, I'm like, okay, cool sports. Um, but you have always been the biggest soccer fan I know. So what did this mean to you to go? Uh, it's it's awesome. It's awesome to come to Manchester, then go down to London uh, on Sunday and just be in the place that was that's essentially one of the homes of sport. It's where kind of sports were invented all the way back in the 1800s, 1700s, 1800s, and just kind of be around a lot of history because you don't really get that in America. There's not a whole lot of, like, unless you go to the East Coast, there's not really a lot of historic places that you can really feel the history of. And that's pretty much all England is, is just you can feel a lot of history. Sure, they've done a lot of stuff to make it look newer, but it just all feels historic, and that's kind of cool to be around that. Um, but yeah, it's really cool to be over here and see and kind of live this sports atmosphere instead of America's sports atmosphere, listening to their sports talk radio, watching their sports TV. It's, it's interesting to get that kind of viewpoint on sports. Obviously they're not talking American sports, but they are talking about the NFL coming to London once again. So it's cool to get their perspective on it. Now I was, uh, watching, uh, NFL network and they had a comedian on that was British. And, um, <laughs> I don't think they expected how much <laughs> he was going to make fun of the NFL playing in England, uh, because he basically mentioned that like no one cares and you have to be a, a weirdo lunatic. Uh, I, I guess I wonder what, and we'll talk to you after the game about what the atmosphere is like, but what your expectation is, because I think that even just the fact that you're over there for the first time checking this all out, but being so connected to the soccer world as you are, uh, it, it feels to me like 
they haven't really bought into the sport, even though old Raj has been trying to make them watch football for a long time. But yeah, the, the comedian did bring up that like the timing of the games is pretty tough. Like you're talking about games starting late at night and the best games going into the middle of the night over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and also the idea of having a franchise over there at some point just seems preposterous because of the interest, but also because of the travel, like it's this huge thing that they've been planning for months to be able to do. And uh, the time difference is socking you in the mouth. Like, I I don't know how you could ask teams to go over there week after week, but also a team, if it was over there to have to come over here week after week after week and ask guys to go live in England. Like, it just seems like totally impossible, but I wonder what your impression is of the feeling of the NFL over there. Yeah, it's a little interesting, especially you mentioned the timing there. Just uh, the noon games for Central Coast time or Central time, uh, it starts at 6 p.m. here. So it starts off late. And then you then you think about the 7 p.m. games, then the Sunday night football. That's at like three in the morning. No one's going to stay up to watch it unless you're a heart, you're a die diehard football fan who most likely was born in America and then just immigrated over here and decided to live over here and still loves football but wants to watch it uh so i don't really see and that's that's part of the problem is that your biggest best teams really aren't on television here because it's so late at night so it's hard to get that unless you bring them over and we've seen that when the nfl does send the teams over for some reason they're they're selecting out of a a select bunch of them they're not spreading it around like the green bay packers come over here next week it's their first time over here and they've been doing this international series for what 10 15 years now and it's their first time that's a team that you think should be over here at least once every other couple years because how historic they are that seems like it'd be a perfect fit to come over here considering they had vince lombardi widely considered one of the best football coaches of all time uh sir alex ferguson from from uh the uk from scotland one of the best sports managers, sports coaches of all time. You think you would want to kind of merge those two historic franchises if you wanted to uh, just bring them over, but this is the first time they're doing it. So it seems like some of the planning has been a little off. I get why they're doing the eight, well, for for central time zone, the 8.30 kickoff because it's more natural over here. It's a 2.30 p.m. kickoff here, so that does help. Uh, so that'll be interesting, but you're not going to see NFL games played in America at 9 a.m to accommodate the British viewers. It's just not going to happen. And if they were going to try and bring a franchise over here, the best way they could do it was, is to follow the model that a, I think it's a lower league rugby club did in Toronto. They had a club in Toronto join the rugby league over here in the lower leagues. And basically they would spend like four weeks over in Toronto and they bring teams over, play there, play four weeks in Toronto. And then that team, that Toronto team, would move their base to England and play four weeks of road games here. And that's basically the only way you could do it is you'd have to have them set up different bases. And it's just, that's too much work. There's too much logistics. I don't think it'll happen at that point. Just set up a whole different league, set up NFL Europe again. (laughs) Man, I loved NFL Europe. Go Ryan's fight. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What was it like Berlin dragons or something? I mean, they had some, yeah, they had some great teams uh, back in the day, but I, yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And I guess I, I wonder what you think that the crowd is going to be like, because Kirk cousins mentioned something. And now this is funny. Somebody brought up that cousins having uh, only played there once and tied has a 500 record in England. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's just okay uh, with, only, with only one game it's like you can't make that up but um but he mentioned that every time there was a kick or a punt that the crowd got very excited <laughs> and i just thought like well that's you know it is kind of fun i mean we grow up with this sport like literally from the time that I am four years old, I remember mm-hmm. watching NFL games on TV and every Sunday of my life in the fall and winter since. And uh, we're talking about people coming who are going to be wearing, you know, Atlanta Falcons jerseys and Seattle yeah. Seahawks jerseys. And and, and uh, Kevin O'Connell said he expected kind of a neutral type of atmosphere um, and, and this is actually really good for the Vikings overall because they would have been playing at the Superdome otherwise. And so you would much rather take this. And they're also just another part of this. This is a little funky. They're moving out the grass because apparently the grass is sacred and they're yep. moving in turf, which Matt Daniels, and I'm not kidding you, gave us a scouting report on the turf from his understanding <laughs> That it is like less thick than some of the turf over here. So there's, there, there are some, some strange circumstances if you're the team playing in this game. The, the system that the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium uses to move around its fields is amazing. If you ever get a chance, go YouTube what that system is. They, they literally have the grass that Tottenham Hotspurs, uh, the club they play on, they have it on basically rollers, giant roll, like massive rollers that they roll outside the stadium. It rolls underneath the stands and they park it in a parking garage that's right next to the stadium. And they have like the solar, the solar lights over it. So the grass is still getting solar or getting sunlight. So while the NFL stadium, the turf gets basically raised up, they bring in more stands to fill it out a little bit. And that's how they do it. But yeah, the turf, because it's sitting underneath the grass all the time really isn't the the thickest, but it's a really cool system, really expensive. Tottenham Hotspur, when they made their new stadium, they put that in because they wanted to host NFL games. So it'll be interesting. As for the fans, I think it'll be, as, as you said, it's going to be a neutral crowd because it's just people coming out to see an event. And uh, London does put on really great events. We saw that with, with the Olympics. We saw that with the Euro finals uh, a couple years ago now security measures need to be a little bit better than they were at the Euro finals when people were just barging into Wembley, but I assume they will be this time, but London does know how to put on a great event. And so that's, that's kind of what people are coming out to see. Cause as we mentioned, there's not really a whole lot of diehard fans around here. They're just fans of certain teams. So they're going to come out and see American football when they can. I was going to say that I, I don't know that they'll be barging in more or, or than maybe uh, Roger Goodell is outside asking people if they want to come <laughs> yes. in. Like yes. if I gave you some money out of my wallet, would you come cheer for a team? <laughs> Just pick one. It doesn't matter. Um, but the Vikings, you know, interestingly, the, the game in 17 started out and they were playing a horrific Cleveland Browns team. Uh, that might have been. Was that the one that got no wins? The the Browns in 2017? Been. It might have been. Um, and they may, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I remember Deshaun Kaiser was starting, so maybe they won a couple games that year, but I it might not have. Anyway, uh, not the point. They started off that game really bad. And mm-hmm. Cleveland was winning at halftime, I think. And then in the second half, things sort of came together. But it seems to me just because of the circumstances, having this weird atmosphere with the fans having the the grass that's rolled in there and everything else, the travel, everything that goes with it. I think if the Vikings were just regularly playing the Saints on the road, 
you might actually feel a little more confident because the Saints team is not that impressive at the moment. But with this, I think it's a lot harder to figure out how this is going to go. Um, I did see somebody from Pro Football Focus uh, that looked at when games start versus Kirk Cousins' performances, which is pretty funny. And like, oh, I guess he's a morning person or whatever. You know, if you play at 325, it's usually against a good team or on Sunday yeah. Night Football. So that has to be factored in. But the point the point just being that this – I'm, I'm very interested to see how this goes from the outset of the game because I think the Vikings have a better team than the Saints – but I'm just not sure what the circumstances are going to do to both of these teams. Yeah, especially with the Saints going through the injury bug that they're going through and having most likely to change quarterbacks to a guy who hasn't played much this season. So that'll be interesting. I think that might actually help them because Andy Dalton's probably a better quarterback than Jameis Winston is at this point, which is weird to say because Andy Dalton's way older than Winston. But I think that might help him, but that also doesn't counter – or coming to play with the rest of their team. As you said, the Vikings have a better roster. They're probably a better team. And so, yeah, it'll all be very interesting to see how it plays out. The neutral site is definitely going to help them have over having to go down to the, the Superdome because that place, no matter if they're good or bad, is always a raucous atmosphere. So what are your plans for tomorrow? You're actually going to a soccer contest there, huh? Yes, I'm going. So Manchester, there's a couple of different outlying cities and Salford City is one of them, so I'm going to a Salford City soccer game. They are in the third division, I believe. No, fourth division of professional soccer here. So is that like double-A baseball? Is that, would it's that like, be kind of the comparison? It's like, yeah, around there. A, single-A to double-A, yeah. Because Manchester United wasn't there. They're not home, right? They are playing Manchester City, their crosstown rivals, on Sunday, so I will be preoccupied on Sunday. Ah, so yeah. I went to the oh, well, tour today. Indeed. Uh, but that will be very cool for you. Your first like uh, soccer atmosphere. And I know that those Minnesota United games are really exciting. And I think that they have tried to capture what it's like over there, but it's your yeah. first chance to get the authentic English soccer experience. That's very cool. And I'll be sitting front row for all of 18 pounds. So that, that'll be great. What is that in America? It's like 20 bucks. Oh, really? Okay. All right. So that's like sitting behind lower league play. soccer. So yeah, yeah. Right. So it's like lower league soccer. So I can, so it's cheaper. Oh, that is awesome. That is awesome. So uh, what is your travel day like for going to the stadium, getting there and uh, getting ready to cover this thing for purple insider? I will be getting into London probably, I think eight o'clock in the morning, kind of walking around, getting breakfast, kind of, I'll take in the atmosphere, see what, see what London's got to offer on how they're, basically letting people know that the NFL exists in London this week and next week over the next couple of weeks, uh, probably take some couple, take a couple pictures, videos of the area, go to the stadium, take that in and then hop on a bus after the game and head up back to Manchester. Cause my flight takes off right away in the morning. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Well, uh, I appreciate you going over there and I'm glad that you get to experience some soccer things that you've wanted to see for a long time uh, and looking forward to your coverage also after the game. And so uh, you're going to be posting some of these things on the purple insider Twitter account. So yes. it's at uh, purple underscore insider. I don't know why there's an underscore. Maybe there was somebody that had the account and I wasn't going to give them any money to give it to us. But uh, if you don't follow that Twitter account already, Go there. That's where Jonathan's going to be sending out some of his updates from England. And then, yeah, we'll have uh, I think we're going to do it like roundtable style after the game. Paul Hodawanek, myself in 
American soil and then you over there and uh, we will have a great post game show then. So enjoy your time uh, on Saturday, going to the game, touring around, look at some different things there. And uh, we will talk on Sunday, Jonathan. Thanks, man. Sounds good. Thanks. Uh, next time we'll have to talk about that private jet. Uh, yeah, well, you know, if you work really hard over there then maybe we can earn the <laughs> revenue to do it. So I'm not saying the pressure is entirely on you, but it is. <laughs> What's new? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. All right, now we welcome into the show making his return, Peter Carline, who not only writes for the Daily Mail over there in England, but also will be contributing to a local newspaper here, the Pioneer Press, covering the Vikings and the New Orleans Saints and was at practice today. Peter, what is going on, man? How are you? I'm very, very well. It's uh, it's very nice to be home after a long day. I I, I I like being around the Minnesota Vikings, but they're, you know, they're, they're tiring days. I know everyone says, oh, you journalists, you have it easy. There's a lot of waiting around. No one gives you any food. Yeah. Anyway, I'm really, it's nice to see you again. Yeah, nice to see you as well. And sometimes they give us food. Uh, usually before the game, I'm sure that you'll get some sort of nice meal um, beforehand because U.S. Bank Stadium has an elite spread. And I have had many around the NFL. It's one of the best. Um, so you guys have a lot to live up there. Maybe fish and chips or something. Am I right? You're right. Yes, um, it might be that. I think it will probably be some sort of a roast. Maybe the weather's it's got a lot colder here over the last four days. It's rain today is proper english weather i'm I'm feeling some sort of comfort food <laughs> okay well hopefully they help you out on sunday so you are at practice today maybe you can uh give us a, a scene setter like uh, i i saw some pictures ben gessling is over there a couple other people but uh, we did not send a massive contingent from the minnesota media to cover this practice so what did it look like out there uh it it looked like a an NFL pitch right next to a golf course designed by Jack Nicholas two or second, or however you want to say it uh, in 200 acres of green English countryside. Uh, there were lots of men wearing purple and white as they do. Dalvin hook cook was not wearing a helmet. Uh, and as Drake's energy came on, it began to drizzle and then the rain got progressively worse. But, um, Kirk Cousins, I think the only interesting th thing he said, well, arguably in his press conference, was that it was the most picturesque practice he's ever known. <laughs> uh, well, that's nice. That's pleasant. Well, I didn't listen to Kirk because it was a choice of either speaking to players or listening to uh, Mr. Cousins on a podium. So I, I chose to speak to some players. 
So what did you come away with? Everybody excited? I think Justin Jefferson's really excited. Yeah, he was he was really switched on actually. You know, uh, he said he he said he slept he slept all throughout the flight. Adam Thielen's been trying to ply him with coffees all day. He's only had two. Uh, he did a cut to camera for these German uh, journalists, and they and he couldn't read their writing, but he was so nice about it, and he just seemed, you know, obviously, the, you know, are oh, you what are you going to do when you come up against Lattimore again? And he said the same answer that he's given for the past four days, very politely, but he seemed, you know, pretty lively. Dalvin Cook wasn't around very much. Dalvin Cook, who may or you know, well, he's he, he's active. Um, and and then there was Eric Kendricks, who uh, I, I really like Eric Kendricks to, as a you know one-on-one interview. Um, they were the only players available. It was supposed to be Harrison Smith, but not quite sure what happened there. And Adam Thielen was supposed to be up, but he had a sauna instead. Hmm. Uh, as uh, as many of us do. But uh, no, I agree with you on on Eric Kendricks. When you're um, you know one on one with him, it's a lot different than maybe if people have ever watched press conferences. I don't think that he really likes to be in front of cameras, but he's a very smart guy and and always offers some good insight. And with Justin Jefferson, has to be one of the most affable superstars there is in the league. We gave him the media good guy award last year, and even through the questions about how they're going to get him the football. And I went back and, and watched the tape. I think that's a huge topic here for this week. But even through those questions, you know, Jefferson really doesn't have a defensiveness about him like some star athletes have. He just is kind of uh, – I'm sure he was frustrated after last week, but at least the way he presents himself is always kind of like, well, you know, it, it'll, it'll happen. I'll move past it. We'll get there. And I think that this week it will, particularly because Marcus May is not playing, and that's something to watch because P.J. Williams has been roasted for the Saints uh, so far this year, and, and May was a really good player, but he's not going to play. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really looking forward – to see him just is it the first time i've seen him like cool i can't think my i used to have a memory matthew and then i had children um yeah i really can't wait to see him live and, and the other thing about london games is um not all the time but the last time mr cousins was here playing for the washington franchise who should have just i think just been called the washington football team but whatever totally agree we'll talk about them uh he it was a shootout against Andy Dalton, of course, who's going to be playing tomorrow. And uh, he's him and Jameis Winston are the only two quarterbacks to play in England to throw for over 400 yards. So, you know, everyone's jet lag. No one's going to know what, uh, well, let's hope. And the Saints are just injury hit, aren't they? Like you say. And, they, and they've lost Pete as well, which is great. So we've got help on both sides. Let's do it. I've said we. <laughs> I mean, the Vikings have the opportunity here to win the game against a very depleted opponent. Mm, indeed they do. Do you guys do that over there? Do you say we with all the teams or what? What is the media no, like covering, covering football teams? Uh, it's, not, it's not quite um, as no cheering in the press box. Uh, mm. But oh, there's a chap today wearing a Vikings cap. Um, yeah, and no, it, it's, gen, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's not as frowned upon as it is in America, but it's, mm. you know, it, yeah, you wear neutral colours, and, and and in my defence, I haven't actually called the Vikings we for. I've I've got rid of it, but I'm so excited because they're playing the Saints, who I don't like very much, so, <laughs> for obvious reasons. Yes, I can't hide and, it. I'm sorry. 
And and we have talked about this in the past, though, that you have followed the Vikings for a very long time and uh, found different reasons to write about them. <laughs> and I was curious to ask you, though, about the coverage over there. Um, has the novelty worn off? Is there a lot of people that are excited about this? Uh, is there a lot of media? Like what 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 is this thing at this point? Um, I think what the NFL are doing is um, – growing their game to a worldwide audience. And when Roger Goodell sits on a podium and says, we love our, we want to bring our game to our worldwide fans, you just replace the word fans with money, don't you? And <laughs> East England as a, as, a, as a Petri dish, a breeding ground. And yes, they've got this really pretty good stadium in, in North London, Tottenham, which I, I really like going to. And, it, and it, I think it's better for the NFL than it is in the Premier League. And actually, both are pretty good and picking hairs. Uh, so we've got three games this year in England. The, the, the high was four. They've done this deal where there's going to be four games overseas, at least two in England, one in Germany, one in Canada and Mexico, and it will kind of rotate. And there's obviously there's a game in Germany in November. Germany, the NFL is, it's not king there because you've got soccer, but um, I, I think it's because they, they, they don't have a contact sport in their market and they just kind of love it. And you've got the the kind of history. You've got you know Sebastian Vollmer and what have you. And I don't know what it is, but like I spoke to the the head of UK and Europe who used to work for World Rugby called Brett Gosper, who's actually a really interesting guy. And he said, basically, you go over to Germany, and even the taxi drivers are talking about it. And you know, that's it, really. It's I think what will happen is it will Germany will grow and uh, eventually surpass merry old England. And yeah. obviously they'll go Australia, China, wherever, wherever, wherever they can make the money and wherever they can put it on, they will. So why do you think that is? Uh, you sent me um, an appearance from a comedian on NFL Network. <laughs> it was really was funny, amazing. really funny. Uh, and uh, But I don't think the NFL Network people – expected that uh but uh why <laughs> why 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 isn't it uh, has it gained traction here i mean they've been doing this thing oh, for quite a while now I, th I think it is gaining traction no I, I mean you know you walk around and you see you're sat on the underground and you see someone wearing a lion's cap or what have you you know it, it, it is here and it has got a big audience the ticket that they always well that mostly sell out unless unless the jags at wembley don't sell out but actually they're going to this year aren't they but because they're pretty, you know, anyway, um, it's just there's a mainstream. I think there's a media sort of snobbery about it, particularly in kind of print media. It's on it's on a, a satellite a subscription channel called Sky. Uh, I'm not necessarily a fan of their coverage, um, but yeah, it it's difficult because you've got football, soccer, you've got rugby, you've got cricket. You've got we're sports mad and it's I, I think I think it's the perfect perfect market to come into England because we certainly have always been able to put on events at the drop of a hat that's a, not at the drop of the hat but like the Olympics you know we, we can do a good event and because we're in Europe 15% of tickets are bought up from guess where Germany you know there's Danish fans it's Spanish you name it Italy. I know my mate from Italy is coming tomorrow. People Sunday, people will come from Europe. So you got that as well. 
maybe there's the reverse effect from how a lot of people in America have looked at soccer just like, Oh, I don't know, you know, little kids play it over here, but that's about it. And then all of a sudden uh, when, what was it? Uh, David Beckham arrived yep. that people started yep. to pay more attention. And then, mm-hmm. well, the fact that, you know, on social media, you can follow every bit of things that are going on with any team you want. So you can just adopt a yep. soccer team and then go from there. And uh, I was talking to Jonathan Harrison, who you'll meet on Sunday uh, earlier, but that, you know, I mean, that's Jonathan is like, he has you know, grown up a big soccer fan as it becomes more and more accessible. And I think maybe as it becomes more accessible over there with the, these games continuing that, you know, it'll, it'll continue to grow. Uh, But I wanted to ask you, having covered these games before, what the impact you think of the whole thing, the travel, the atmosphere, maybe it will rain. I I don't know what the weather is going to be like, but all, all those, all these factors that go into affecting potentially the quality of football, because I think that Vikings fans should be looking at this one as like, you should beat this team. You mentioned how beat up they are. They weren't that great to begin with. Um, but there has to be a little bit of nerves of just like, uh, is this going to mess with the you know yeah. things that they can do? Yeah. And let, let's, let's make notes. It's not in the Superdome, right? So that's a win, but they're not good. Right. But they, they've been here since Monday. The Vikings have just got here. I think they probably would have got here earlier had they had a bye week. You know, they're going to hit the Bears straight. You know, hope, hopefully they they've, they've got to they've got to come back and they've got to get back on track as soon as possible. I meant to write today. I meant to work it out. Nor, not normally teams get a bye week. It's sort of 85 percent of teams, but it's obviously it started to change, and I don't know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. It's just you know how the season falls sometimes. Sometimes you play a team and they're terrible and then a month later they look amazing, you know, like whatever. Um, I think as long as you win in London, it's okay. Basically, you know, that's a long flight home. The Raiders sacked Dennis Allen, the uh, now Saints coach, when he was uh, at the Raiders and they lost you know, six, seven years ago, whenever it was, there's been, there was a spate of, uh, I think there was a spate of coaches who got sacked after losing in London. The other thing is we don't necessarily get the best teams in a funny sort of a way. I can remember about three decent games and there've been 30. The Vikings did contribute. Well, the Steelers game was good, but they're all jet lag, mate. You know, I know what I'm like when I get back from America and uh, I can't, you know, I can barely put one foot in front of the other. They they landed at seven o'clock this morning. And, and I will say this, that the Vikings are not an outlier here. The Friday arrival has become standard. They arrived on Thursday when they played the Browns and that was fine. That was unusual. The Saints arrived on the Monday. They're the first team to do that for five, six years. So... I mean, I don't know the science behind it. There is no rhyme or reason to it. You arrive on this day, this team wins, this team, there's nothing. It's, let's let's be honest, it's not good. I don't think, you know, I would love to get a player to talk <laughs> off the record. Well, just, just say, you know, because oh, it, they say, oh, it's great, you know, playing under the flag and spreading the word. And, and yes, I get it, it's a good experience, but my God, it's got to be bloody hard. <laughs> no, it has to be. I know. I mean, even when Kevin, I O'Connell, have... Kevin O'Connell came in today and he was like this, <laughs> my, I'm, I'm opening my eyes with fake matchsticks. You know, they, 
they must have they must drink coffee or goodness knows what um to keep them awake throughout today but I don't like doubt I that they used every bit of science at their disposal, but I just don't know that there's any easy answer. And and I, when I cover games on the East coast, for whatever reason, the West coast doesn't bother me, but the East coast, that's like an hour. It throws mm-hmm. me off for the yeah. rest of the week, like getting used to even coming back uh, mm-hmm. from a little bit of travel. My wife travels a lot for her job and it's the same sort of thing, even if you're there for just a couple of days. But I think that uh, it is a huge contributing factor that they are playing the next week. And that's a choice that they made. Uh, They actually told the NFL they did not want their bye week. They wanted to push their bye week later into the season um, and try to just manage this and get through it. Part of it might have been disrespect for the Bears, just saying like, well, if you put an easy opponent there, then uh, we'll take that instead. So I I don't know if they said put the bears there, but the point just being that I think that's why they, uh, I think that's what the bears who throw for 68 yards a game or whatever now at this point. But uh, that was why they handled it the way they did. I think if they had the bye week they would have come over, got adjusted and then, you know, done the whole thing the same way the saints did. But I think the, the bigger factor in this game, and we could talk about this is just the injuries or lack thereof in some cases, Delvin Cook is going to play. Harrison Smith is back. Zadarius Smith, though, we don't know. And on the other side, I'd love your opinion on Andy Dalton as opposed to Jameis Winston, because all week I've been saying I think it's worse for the Vikings if Andy Dalton plays, uh, in part because I was looking this up, the turnover-worthy play ratio, which means like interception or almost throw an interception for Andy Dalton, is half what Jameis Winston is. And these games just kind of scream somebody turning the ball over all the time. But Andy Dalton, I think, has the right mentality to get the ball out quickly, not take too many sacks, not throw any turnovers, and and just try to survive this game, that's worse for the Vikings than someone who could come out and easily throw four picks. I I agree. Do you you know know what happened the last time Winston was at Tottenham for the Bucs? I don't, but he threw six interceptions. Oh, my God, he did? Six? Six. Yeah, Come against on. the Panthers. So, you know, it w- it was sort of Winston in microcop. You know, he was he threw he threw like two or three amazing throws, and then was just completely idiotic. And yeah, I I agree. I'd much rather have Jameis Winston than than Andy Dalton. And Andy Dalton, I think, is two and two against the Vikings. So yeah, I mean, he started. I mean, it means over- nothing, but yeah. it, at the same time, you think. <laughs> He has started it was that Zimmer thing, wasn't it? Where he where he wasn't great against the backups, and Dalton was one of them. Yes, we discussed whether that's like a real curse or not, and there's enough information to say maybe. Uh, but with Dalton, he's played 15 games over the last two years, and he's seven and eight, which is exactly the most Andy Dalton like thing. <laughs> right? Exactly. I mean, just you know, he's a 500 quarterback who's going to play it extremely safe. But I think they're going to have to because Michael Thomas is not playing in this game. Landry's and doubtful. Right. Kamara. If they, you know, they've got Olave, haven't they, yet to score a touchdown? Yeah, all right, go on. Just just put your bet on it now. First touchdown. Well done, mate. But, yeah, this is this is a, a – I mean, it's the offensive line as well, losing Pete. You know, they – they've got some really, really bad injuries. And this is coming from a, you know, a Vikings perspective. You know, they've really got to win this game. No, they do. Because if you win this game and you're three and one. Sky's the limit, mate. Coming home to play the Bears, 
you feel absolutely great about yourself. And from a Vikings perspective, Tua being hurt the way that he was the other night, it does not seem super likely he's going to be starting by week six. Uh, when you say that, they'll probably wheel him out next week. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that they could do it again. That problem. You have anyway. like um, congressmen talking about what the uh, Miami Dolphins did at this point. So they're going to have to be very patient with bringing him back. So it might actually be another Teddy revenge game. I don't know. Uh, or maybe there's no revenge left. Yeah. Uh, there's no revenge with Teddy. Please, that's, right. that's, no revenge that's sacrilegious. He, well, if you remember, I mean, he almost got revenge against the Vikings, but their kicker missed the field goal at the end of that game against Carolina. Carolina. So I guess – so I look at I look at it, though, as – if Sean Payton were still the coach of the Saints, I would be saying, well, look, I mean, this guy has one of the best offensive minds of the last 20 or 30 years, and he can easily figure some things out. He won games with Teddy. He won games with Taysom Hill as a starting quarterback. But without Sean Payton there, this just this just feels can like I, one I just, where... I just prefix that? It's, it's the hated Sean Payton. Yeah, You're not yeah. using his full name. Sorry. Yeah, well, he certainly is. He certainly is here, but you have to give him his respect. And I, I, I feel like this is one where if they don't come home with a win, it, you're you're going to be saying what Huge what question. an incredible missed opportunity yeah. because Huge, this is a team you should absolutely beat. Yeah, yeah. Um, they'll, they'll, they'll Kevin O'Connell will face. Why why did you go out on Friday? The Saints were there on. Yeah, if if they lose that. It's not. It's not. It's not the end of the world. But th- this is this is kind of there. Three and one. You look at the NFC. You think, all right, the Eagles are looking pretty good. Yeah, the Bucks have got a great defense. I'm pretty sure those lot, you know, however many miles east, will come good. But even that, you know, they haven't got any any receivers, have they? Yeah. How, you know, how much can uh, Mister Immunized Ayahuasca whatever really do? Um, the Eagles look the pick of the bunch, and I'm not saying the Vikings are. The thing, the thing about the Vikings is that they've got Kirk Cousins at quarterback, and I don't trust him beyond the divisional round, and he's only reached that once in his career. So, but it's a really, really, it's an open goal <laughs> this year. Everyone's terrible in the NFC, so you know, yeah, you, they just they just have to win on Sunday. There's there's no two ways about it. It really feels like and a they're two, they're two point five point favorites or something. Yeah, it seems crazy. Uh, but do Vegas know something? Well, two point five isn't really. It's like it's not that much for a team with a, a backup quarterback and okay, no, yeah. no receivers and starting center out and you know. Okay, fair point. Probably baked in that it's a neutral site. Neutral site, uh, So yeah. if you were going on the road and you were two and a half favorites, that would be bigger than it is if you're a neutral mm. site, I would assume. I'm not a gambling expert, but I've no, I have no, I. I have tried to understand how to use the Vegas lines. Yeah. They're they are uh, they are out there. They're just not oh. us. Um okay, so let me just uh, get a, a a final comment from you then. You excited? It's kind of exciting yeah. for you, right? Yeah, like the, yeah, yeah. your team it. does not come over there and play in front of you all that often. Yeah, um, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Um, Tottenham, Tottenham's a really good ground. Um, it's got a, it's just got a, a, a really obviously, you know, my my favorite stadium. I don't know, it's a toss up between the Metrodome and US Bank Stadium. I know it was dilapidated and everything, but you know, it was ludicrous with the slippery floors and the urinals, but. Um, Tottenham's a great place um, to watch, particularly as a member of the press. Um, 
and uh, I just yeah I just yeah let's let's throw the ball cut take those risks just who's he going to throw the first pass to Thielen Thielen Ham you think how oh, <laughs> well, is it yeah well he we'll I, know yeah. we'll know what? by the first couple of passes how it's going to go. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not massively keen about Cook playing, because do they not need? Do they not want to think about you know the longer term here? But um, yeah, I think just get just, just Justin Jefferson. You know, I, I asked him how you're going to celebrate, and he just went gritty. So <laughs> Thielen, Thielen, last time here, he did that. He watched uh, Arsenal the day before when the great Thierry Henry did the knee slide, and Thielen copied that. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, yeah, just I would. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I just want to see them win. Well, if you know? I'm waking up this early, uh, I want to see a good football game, and I will be watching I, it. I, I wouldn't count on that, mate. Yeah, I, I would not count, count on, on that, that either. Uh, but I want to, so I'm going to try to speak it into existence. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, well, you are uh, one of my five favorite Englishmen, Peter. Um, How many so- did you know? Three. Um, let's see <laughs> something, something in that ballpark. Well, it depends on what you mean by no, because like there's a couple of other people who are over there who do actually really, really good football coverage that I've had on the show before, but we haven't met because they live there and okay. I live here. So you're one of the rare ones that's actually come here. So I oh. met you. Okay. There you have it. Anyway, okay. well, this, uh, this is, this is good. And I'm glad we were able to get together and uh, we will definitely do it again. And you enjoy your day. And I hope you get a good pregame meal, Peter. Thank you. I, for I, I read the Pioneer Press. Yeah, special, the Pioneer Press. My, my, yeah. Read what's, that. What's, are you going to write like a, uh, the UK is buzzing for the Minnesota Vikings. Like what's the. I, I have to, I have to go and talk to fans before the game and then uh, walk around the locker room and pester players. I'm fine okay. with that. That's great. It's kind of what we do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right. Great stuff, Peter. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Thanks, Matthew.